Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. The more you invest in customer service experience, the more it pays for itself in in sales and revenue and, and average revenue per customer. No one is looking at the overall experience and saying, how can we implement AI and generative AI in such a way that will give us the outcome that will create a loyal customer? If I'm a Delta customer and I'm, I've booked a flight with Delta and then it's Alaska for the second leg, do Delta care about Alaska? No, but they, we need to come to a CX world where everyone thinks of the why is someone flying it's not i'm on a flight to get from here to there it's because to serve human need hi everyone we have someone on the show today which i rate highly and that is alex mead welcome alex thank you colin i rate you as well it's mutual I'll note, Alex, that I'm on every week, and he's never said that about me. That's, that's how people knew we had a guest. Yeah. Ryan, listen, mate, if you want to dial off at this point, you feel free. Uh, uh, okay. I understand. <laughs> Alex, best of luck. Uh, so the reason that I rate Alex is that it, it really falls into that category of you, the listener, will know that I've talked about, which is none of us are as clever as all of us. And I think too often their CX has become a just an echo chamber. And the thing that Alex does that I really like is he makes me think because he comes up with opinions that I think, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I never thought about that before and makes me think. So welcome, Alex. Thank you. And Alex goes into organizations. Uh, he's a global service experience leader. Uh, he's worked across many different sectors and he goes into organizations and, and tries to help them improve their customer service experience. Uh, have I missed anything, Alex? Is there anything else? That- no, I, I'm, I'm already smiling because when, when you say customer service experience, probably already people are like, is that customer service or customer experience? So we'll, we'll talk about that because that's a very well, way, I think. Yeah, funny enough, as, as I was saying it, I was thinking to myself, now I know Alex has got some strong views on this, and I'm, I know I'm not exactly sure I agree with them all, but let's not go down that particular rabbit hole so early into the conversation. <laughs> anyway, um, the thing we're going to talk about today is AI, okay? Clearly, this year it's it's been the year of AI, and I know that Alex has seen some you know, or is sees that there are going to be some good things about AI, as, as I do. And I know that there's going to be some bad things about AI as well. So we're just going to have a, a general conversation between the three of us about good and bad of AI and what we're seeing happening out there at the moment. And I guess where the where hopefully where the future lays. So, so maybe Alex, that that's the first, that's the first jump-off point. So, if if I was to say to you, where do you see, you know, the future of AI being? Maybe we should look at it, you know, in sort of 
one to five years absolutely because there's something that's going to happen in the short term and people yeah. are running around like bloody crazy trying to do something but then there's the the five-year view so what's your what's your thoughts on that mate yeah i've had a very clear um picture of how this should be five years ago and five years ago i said it should be like this in five years so clearly <laughs> i've got to make sure it happens in the next five years otherwise i'm full of um, nonsense but to get there is, is a whole set of things but i should be able to go hey retailer whether it be amazon whoever where's that order i placed two days ago that's it i'm done as a customer or i'm thinking of ordering uh this mobile phone can you confirm the apple carplay and that will work with my volvo xc90 that should be the customer effort, that and nothing alone. And the AI does two things. First of all, it picks up the natural language interface, which that, that has been around for three years at least. So I should be able to just speak natural language. Hey, retailer or, or supplier X, Y, and Z, here's my question. And then the AI, so for the customer-facing perspective, it's as simple as there's not an IVR, there's not a chatbot, there's not a chat. It's just an interface where I speak or type my question as if I'm talking to someone in front of me. And then that's my work done. And then the AI from the company side, the artificial intelligence, a lot of people seem to forget that's what it stands for, um, needs to then look at the first thing, okay, do we know this customer? Well, he's signed in, he's got biometrics. So yes, we pretty much know it's Alex. Uh, and we can double check his tone of voice, voice authentication, right? It's definitely Alex. So that's a microsecond lookup. And he's Within less than a millisecond, we can also turn the words into a, se a sentence that we understand. He's asked us if the order he placed two, year, two days ago will be here tomorrow. So let's quickly look up against our POS or our ERP system, which orders Alex has placed. Oh, he, he placed two orders two days ago. So let's ask him which one he means or give him an answer on both. So probably the latter. But secondly, um, if he has one order, straight away, our ERP, our POS can look at our CRM, our distribution platforms and think, okay, where the heck is that package in our supply chain? And AI is the thing doing all this across all these other platforms. And it can, within a, a less than one second is from the customer's perspective to say, right, that item you ordered two days ago, good news, Alex, it's on track for delivery tomorrow, as we promised when you made the order. That's the other thing, the AI needs to think, not just... It'll be there within three days. Well, what was the expectation you set for me when I was buying it? And then, okay, that, that's the happy path. But by the way, is there anything about it being there tomorrow actually that no longer works for you? Imagine that, putting yourself into every customer's happy or unhappy path. So it will still be with you tomorrow. Is that okay? And we can confirm your delivery address is still your office or your home. Is that okay? So as a customer, I've asked that question. All that calculation has happened in, a split second alex here's your answer it does the answer work for you and that's for the happy path and then imagine if it's the unhappy path that that's where the ai yeah, so let, let me let me stop you there for a moment mate because it's interesting because you can virtually do that on alexa now can't you you can do it all yeah so as you know love technology all right so i can i can ask alexa I have to make sure I don't shout too loud, otherwise it's going to ask me something. Um, but I can ask Alexa where my package is and, you know, when's it going to be? And and then it, it, it comes through as a notification and blah, 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 you know. So the, the challenge, though, is obviously when you're doing it in that wider environment. So this is not like, I guess the point I'm trying to make is this is not like a major improvement. It's where some organizations already are it's just that lots of other organizations have got to get there 
Absolutely. And, and, and you're right. I mean, the technology has existed for at least two years. So the first, we'll, we'll talk about why that doesn't happen, but it still happens in very rarest of cases. You think you're online retailers, you, you still get forced to a chat bot or a call center queue. But then if you talk about the unhappy path. So I've ordered an item to be delivered tomorrow. And when I place that order, I happen to say in a statement or tell them overtly, oh, it's for my uh, daughter's birthday. Ah, okay. And what's he ordered? He's ordered a pair of Nike, whatever trainers, you know, 200 pound Nike trainers. And he's asked, are they still definitely coming tomorrow? And we've looked up in our AIP system and we've seen, ah, actually it's not going to be tomorrow. It's going to be the day after. So the AI, first of all, needs to think, okay, um, when Alex placed that order, did he say, or did we intuit anything? Or do we know from any other thing he's ever told us, he's ordered that for a specific reason for that date, which is again very different to what we see in, in CX these days. And straight away, if it realizes, okay, he's ordered something for his daughter's birthday tomorrow, and we now know we're not going to deliver it for tomorrow. That's a very different world. So that's where we have to be completely different to the way things are done now rather than yes your delivery be there in two days well, well that doesn't work for me you think you'd have to say that as a customer so if the ai said okay ah we can see the item is not going to be there and we know you ordered it for your daughter's birthday so we found a store five miles away that has the same item in stock we'll reserve it for you there do you want to go and collect it or we'll even get one of our guys to deliver it to you and that's where unhappy part and then if you extrapolate that to i'm at an airport my flight's just been cancelled at the moment, you sit in the most hideously painful call center queue. You go into a chat bot, and it's over an hour to you answered for, for most airline call center queues. Imagine AI, you say, hey, says Alex, my flight's just been canceled. What are my options for the connection? Again, that's all you should have to say as a customer. And if you think how different that is to the reality, so, okay, we can see this is Alex. We can see his flight has indeed been canceled. We can see the next flight is not going to get him there in time for his connection. So now we think about how we can solve his bigger issue rather than your next flight is in four hours, his 20 pound voucher for the lounge, you know? So again, that's what AI needs to be doing. And it is so far away from that. And, and as you, as you pointed out, the technology exists. It's the bravery of CX leaders to think, right, we're going to break this traditional way of customers contact us by pressing one for this, two for that in a call center queue, or they go for a chat bot and they spend five minutes telling you what they want. And they talk to an agent who, it's, it's such a different way of doing things but if we're not there in five years i think the younger generation will, will just fire everyone who has anything to do with cx so i think that that's where we need to get to and the last the last point of ai which um i saw gen ai firsthand only a couple of months ago where agents who were working for a, a big global insurer uh were getting chat sessions from customers and the content and the sentiment from the customer was pushed through to the agent but it wasn't pushed through to the agent to ignore is when they, whatever they wrote in the chat interface, the gen AI would change that. So it's grammatically correct. And there were before that spelling errors, it was in the brand tone, but it would also reflect the customer sentiment. So the agent could type rough, roughly what they felt was, and it would quickly translate that into the perfect answer. So it was astonishing. So, so that is where AI needs to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've, I've had, um, because my spelling is awful. I use Grammarly. And now you can just type in the type of email that you want to be sent, and then it will generate it for you. Gen AI, absolutely. Yeah, it's astonishing. And uh, yeah, the Gen AI is, so there's AI and there's Gen AI. And um, we'll talk about the, 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 the things that it can make great and the things it can ruin, absolutely. So where I'm coming from is going that I think that 
and this is probably further than a year out, okay, is that the difference between a, a, a customer experience today and that will be in five years' time should be, and I'm using the word should be advisedly, that you're going to be able to get into providing a more proactive experience. So rather than you, let's take your, your example of uh, the flight, and to a certain extent, Delta do it already. So rather than you know you having to contact the airline that they've already booked you, either already booked you on a flight, or you just have to hit one button to go, yes, I that's what I want to do. And that's clearly based upon all the things that I've done before. So when I go to Sarasota, where I live, I sometimes can go into Tampa instead. Now that normally throws an airline, okay, because you're shifting the 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 the, the airports around. But I think that where organisations should try to be getting to is being proactive and doing things before the customers even know that they want them. And if you take the um the birthday gift example for my girl, if I had to reach out and say, "Is that coming tomorrow?" and they already knew from their systems it wasn't. They should have contacted me the second they knew they weren't going to meet their commitment to deliver for a birthday gift. So you're right, proactive. But actually, the um, the airline example, I've worked in a lot of airline sectors. You're right. There are usually people behind the scenes that will look at every passenger and send them uh, an SMS or a link to say, right, you've met, that flight's cancelled. Here are your options. But again, I, I think for C- CX as a, a th- a profession and i hate that cx even is a profession which we can talk about but um the cx practitioners of the world they need to turn things into human stories so yes yeah, sure and i've actually seen the people in off- offshore contact centers and service centers serving airlines who will manually look at each customer's flight plan and change to the recommended next best flight for them and sometimes it's, it depends on the travel class the, the plane configuration if you've booked premium economy and there's not premium economy, they, they, they do all these things. But again, not one of them will think Colin or Ryan are flying for a wedding tomorrow. And actually, we've got to think very differently to just booking them on our next flight and then uh, not caring about the connection or the fact that they've got a car ready to pick them up when they get to the final destination. So that's where um, there's bigger challenges that um, if I'm a Delta customer and I'm, I've booked a flight that's Delta and then it's Alaska for the second leg, do Delta care about Alaska? No, but they, we need to come to a CX world where everyone thinks of the, why is someone flying? It's not I'm on a flight to get from here to there. It's because to, to serve a human need. And, and I worked for a logistics company. We delivered half a million parcels a year back over a decade ago. And, um, I was one of the first to put social listening on. And we had a story where uh, a mother was furious because she paid for a personally gift-wrapped bike from Toys R Us, my little pony bike. And it, we, we, we realized we'd lost it. We literally lost it. And um, told her we couldn't help her. And it went on social media. And I, I, someone flagged it to me. And I said, right, someone contact her. Find out exactly what make and model of bike that, what, that was. This is when Toys R Us was still everywhere. Go and buy a Toys R Us bike now and ask what wrapping paper she wants us to do it in and deliver it to her and give us a, a bouquet of roses. And we did that. And that's before AI, but that's what AI needs to do uh, to replace in the, it needs to be thinking about what is the human purpose for every interaction. And the good news is 90 to 95% of them, probably more, don't have this emotional context. But those that do, that's where we really need to think about why is this happening? Why is the customer buying this thing or or flying on this plane. 
So, so one of the things that I'm starting to see, and again, I'll be interested in your views, is I'm already seeing the majority of the conversations that I'm having in organizations are around reducing costs, using generative AI, AI to reduce costs. And I think that you're going to get this sort of bifurcation of you're going to get 80% of organizations that are just going to use it to break for cost saving and probably not even going to be 20% to be honest with you, but you know, 10% of organizations that recognize it is going to be a key advantage. Do you see in the same thing? It, it, absolutely. It's, it's, it's been a frustration for probably over two decades that people see customer service as a cost, cost center, but there's now so many, and anything we can do to make it more cost efficient is seen as a tick. But there are situations now where so I'll explain briefly what customer service experience is to answer your question. So there's a thing called customer experience, which came over a decade ago, and there was CX profession was created maybe even two decades ago. There's practitioners, there's accredited people, which we won't go there again. There's a whole movement of CX experts. But to me, CX is an outcome. It's not a thing, and it's the outcome of two things. There's the brand and marketing experience, the thing brought the attention of the company and the product to me, the thing that made me think, hey, I, I want to buy it or try it. So that's the brand and marketing experience. And then there's the customer service experience. And the customer service experience is every interaction a customer has at every life cycle stage. So that's pre-purchase, during the purchase, or after purchase. And that's every channel, every life cycle stage. So and to answer your question, there are times now I literally start to think about buying something. And because my customer service experience is so, oh, really? You've got to make me put my details in again? Or I can't find out more information about this product? Or you can't tell me how easy it is retur to return it or what the even the hotel experience would be like? I will not purchase it. And that's because the customer service experience isn't good enough to make me buy it. And, and e even more of a no-brainer is when we've bought something once, and it's such a pain in the backside to to return it or, or tweak it or change it or you either bin it or you just give it back and it's just so much effort you won't buy from them again so that's the short-minded thinking of let's make customer service as basic as we can and actually i think it's a it's a mugs game the more you invest in customer service experience the more it pays for itself in in sales and revenue and, and average revenue per customer so to answer it more clearly, so customer service to most people is the stuff people do after they've bought a product, which most people think was customer support. When I say customer service experience, I mean every aspect of, Ryan's interested in a car from us. My God, we've got to make sure before he even considers buying that car that the whole experience is amazing. He gets all the information, he test drives it, all that. That's all customer service experience. And, and then when Ryan has tested the car and he's come back to his home, how we follow up on that is marketing and customer service experience. So the two are interlinked and intertwined. But this thing, customer experience, is just a mishmash of nonsense. I'm going to do some journey mapping and VOCing of the whole process, but not notice that when Ryan calls us or tries to chat to us about the car he just test drove yesterday, we don't have that information to hand. It's a really hideous journey. So Ryan gives up trying to buy the Toyota or the Nissan, whatever. So customer service as a cost is just such a, a short-minded view in my opinion so the interesting thing for me alex is that when you start to think about and this may be a bit further out in fact let me let me take a step back because i think it's important and again i'm trying to focus on the, the sort of a, the ai part of this if we go back to the beginning of the web 
I think basically we're in danger of history repeating itself. So when we when we started off with the web, everybody thought this is wonderful. It's going to you know uh, change the world, which it clearly has. But we're all going to have our own websites. So every part of every bloody organization have their own websites. All they did was to to uh, automate the things that they had in the existing organization, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you, you live through this just as well as I did, as all our listeners have as well. And then at some point, everyone goes, oh, blimey, we've got loads of different websites out here. Maybe we should just have one for the company and maybe we need to think about the consistency of branding and blah, 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 blah. And the danger is for me is that we're heading down that same route with AI because no one is taking a look at the overall strategy and the overall, let us drop the word customer, the overall experience, because we need to have you back on the show so we can debate this whole customer service experience <laughs> Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. But no one is looking at the overall experience and saying, how can we implement AI and generative AI in such a way that will give us the outcome that will create a loyal customer what seems to be happening, and I'm checking this with you, is that everybody's off running around doing their own thing, virtually creating their own bloody websites and working too tactically without that bigger picture view. And I know that you get called into companies to set that bigger picture view and to then move down. What, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so... Um We'll definitely have the debate about customer service experience and customer experience. But to answer your, you're, you're talking about the overall experience leader. So how do I do that? When I work for a company, I'm the chief experience officer or the customer service director or the customer experience director. The titles are relevant. But very quickly, I'll make it clear. I need to own every interaction a customer has with our company. Self-service or human, every channel, every life cycle stage. I'll work closely with your CMO, your marketing director, and the two of us solve the entire experience there's not one individual because i'm not the person who knows about marketing above the line below the line but um to tell you how i think there is a great opportunity for ai to deliver what companies want and what customers want and this is how i try to do it so what ai can do over dumb websites and dumb chatbots is is first act as a concierge and we, we start with a starting point 99, possibly almost every customer, if they can get a quick answer without having to talk to a human being these days, that's good. But make sure that quick answer is personalized and contextual and relevant to me. Don't just give me a crappy, dumb answer. So that's where AI is. So the first thing, going back to whether you type it into a chatbot or you speak it or the five-year vision, as soon as you've told the company what your the thing you want to talk about is, a flight, an order, and what your question or issue is, that's where the concierge can... Do the very quick thing, first of all. Okay, do a quick look up, give an answer. And it can give better than, yeah, our orders typically arrive within three to five days. It can do a look up. Okay, it's gonna, uh, it can do one of two things. It can say it's going to be there on time or it's not going to be on there on time. Or actually, the third thing, we don't have an answer. And when we don't have an answer, that's when the concierge can say, right, okay, the AI needs to pass this to a human being. So that's where, but the good news is that 80 to 90% the AI can give an answer for, for the majority of questions. So it's the opportunity to solve things without forcing customers into a self-service loop is already there. So the very first thing is just let the AI be a very sophisticated, personalized concierge. So 
Ryan or, or uh, Colin asked a question. What do we know about Ryan? What do you know about Colin? Are they high value? Are they low value? Have they placed an order? Are they on a flight right now? Blah, blah, blah. So first of all, we can very quickly crunch some quick data. Should we even try and give a self-service answer to this or should we put this to a human being? And that quick data would only put through 15 to 20% to a human being. So you've already taken 80% out because you can say, right, Ryan's got a question about a flight he's not taking for two weeks. It's not urgent. So um, the first thing you can decide is it's self-service or human. But then the next really cool thing it can do What's the context? Is it urgent? Is it immediate? Is it high value? Is it contentious? Is it emotional? And as soon as it's established that, it can then do some clever stuff that, okay, here's the right channel for Colin or Ryan. So Ryan has had, we've really dropped the ball with Ryan. He's, he's a first class customer. We've just told him uh, we've sold his seat and uh, he's flying to a, a wedding. Oh, we've told him he's got an economy back of the plane. Right, we better do something about that. So someone call back Ryan immediately. Don't sit him in a queue. Don't give him a chatbot. Collins, Collins, a low economy customer. He's just complaining about the sandwiches he gets. Ugh. Give him a self-service answer. But if he wants to talk to us, yeah, we'll give him an answer. But we'll give him a, like a, a messenger solution. He can send a message. We'll get back to him in 10 minutes. So the AI can do two things. It can, first of all, give self-service answers so much smarter than the really awful chatbots we get these days that make us just give up after half an hour unless we persevere enough to talk to a human by that stage you're already fed up so it can deflect much better but what it can do is then when it can identify who are the people that need to have the, those golden rescue moments or something different and that, that's when so what do customers want customers want easy simple personalized answers if i can get it without a human great but they also want to know when I have a situation that is different, that needs something special, the AI can deliver that to me, to a human being who's then supported by the AI from the, the employee's perspective. So that's what needs to happen. I, I don't see it happening. And that's what frustrates me when I talk about CX. That sort of thinking, I, I, I try and do it everywhere I go, but it's still rare as hen's teeth to see people even coming up with that strategic approach. Hi, this is Colin, and I wanted to ask you a favour. It would really help Ryan and I if you could spend a moment and complete a review of the podcast. Positive reviews help us get out to more people, and we love hearing from our listeners and seeing what people have written. So please, just take a moment and complete a review. Thanks very much for your help. So Ryan... You've been quiet, mate. What, which, which always worries me because it means you, you've been thinking. Yeah, I mean, to me, that like the the promise and peril of of AI, it it comes from the the kind of the deep learning that it does. So it, it's very good at predicting things because it can see connections that we don't because it's able to look five, six, seven layers deep into the data. And that makes it very good at predicting. the The problem, and you and I have talked about this before, Colin, is that makes the link between the, the data and the decision kind of a black box because the machine has found this stuff, but it can't articulate why. And so that can reduce our ability to make strategic decisions based on that. Cause we know that, that there's this link here. We know that it predicts it very well, but if, if we want to change things, we want to move them forward. And so that, that concerned me. I think that that's, that's a, the big kind of question. Are we, there's going to be this hurdle where, in order to do some of the things that we've been talking about, you're going to need to turn over a lot of power to your AI 
engines and you're going to need to trust in them. And that that's going to be a hard cultural issue for a lot of managers to just trust the system to do unsupervised what we hope it'll do. And then I think that some of that mistrust right now is not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable to, to wait and see. I was, I was on a website uh, a couple of weeks ago for a financial services firm and I had a question and I didn't want to set up an appointment to talk. So I just was interfacing with their chatbot. I, I tried several different ways of asking my question. Didn't, didn't know what uh, I was trying to ask. It gave me a set of options. It says, were you trying to ask this? And it said, add four questions. And I clicked on the one that was most similar to what I want. I clicked on the question it gave me and it said, I don't know. Like, I, don't, like, <laughs> so, so like I, I think that, that managers who are maybe not ready to jump in with both feet and say, let AI take care of all this. I don't think they're wrong yet. I think we'll get there, obviously. But I do think that transition is going to be difficult. There's two aspects to that. So first of all, um, the first one is you don't go from AI, switch it all on, leap of faith. You literally will put it on behind the scenes. And for every 50 contact center agents you save through self-service, you need to keep five FTEs to every day check the effectiveness of the AI. How good was it? How effective? But you turn it on and you basically let it give the customer an advised answer. And you're right. that But you're, what you're talking about is there's so many badly designed cul-de-sac chatbot experiences. Yeah, they drive me completely insane. There's none of those four options. And they're so common still now. So it should be a natural language interface, first of all. And that, but again, you can't start with a natural language interface because everyone thinks AI hey, is so clever. It knows all the answers. No, you need to First, you need to start with a knowledge management database and then every day build. So it takes a good year, two years to do this properly. And only then after two years do you take the stabilizers off, but you do it gradually. But at every stage, you have like yes, no questions everywhere. So do we feel the customer um, should be speaking to a human being? And you start with that on very, very flexible. Let them talk to a human being. And then you just bring in the gates every every part along the way but the other part is you're, you're now leading on to which could be another entire debate the the voc the mps side of things so how often do we get sent a survey saying um the flight scenario you're on a flight it's been delayed for six hours onboard entertainment didn't work the food was cold everyone was miserable it was a crappy flight and how was your flight alex what You've got to personalize every aspect of, but you have to use the data you already know without us. So Alex, we're really sorry the flight was six hours late and the onboard entertainment wasn't working. How do you feel about that? And then how do you feel about that? Back to the earlier point is everyone needs to be a human being in a CRM system. And you've got to put that into everything you know about. You know, the last three times we've had Ryan A chatbot, he's gone insane, he's abandoned his basket or he's not ordered from so let's start Ryan with the human experience and slowly evolve him. And that, that is, um, that's not going to be five years, Colin. I think it's going to be 10 years, but the personalization of every experience based on human emotion. Yeah. I mean, again, if you think about sort of history repeating itself, I mean, here we are in 2023 and you know, the, the internet was first came out in 1995. So it's taken some time to get us where we are today. And even now it's not, bloody perfect to say the least so the danger is is the hype of ai is going to outweigh the actual implementation of it so last one even the internet uh, the number of apps i go to when i go to the customer service it takes me to a mobile website that's you can't even build customer service in your app it's yeah that happens a lot i know 
So let's just take a step back. So again, usual question at this point, which is it, it, all this is great, you know, interesting conversation, but so what? So what does that mean that people should be doing today? What would you say, Alex? For 15 years, I came up with my epic framework. I'll keep this short, otherwise we'll be here all evening or morning for yourself. So every customer's interaction needs to be easy, personalized, intuitive, and contextual. Easy means make it easy for the customer to tell you what they need help with. You don't, so start with um, your, look at your website, look at your app, think of your call center IVR. Is it easy for the customer to tell you what they want help with? And then personalizing it is, okay, Alex, we can see you've got an order due. Uh, There's only one, it's probably that one, yes? To personalize it based on each, and you can do that quite simply, and you don't need AI. And then intuitive is, okay, Alex is reaching out to contact us. Hmm. We can see he placed an order that was supposed to be delivered today. We can see it's 6 p.m. Or we haven't delivered today. That's almost definitely why he's contacting us. And then contextual is, ah, and that thing he ordered, oh, it's for his parents' wedding anniversary tomorrow. Ah, so we better think differently. So honestly, epic has been my framework. Forget technology. Forget, just think epically about the way you set up your customer service and then you can add all the clever stuff on top. And the foundations of Epic are missing in too many companies now. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. It's good. Ryan, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, I like that. I like that framework. I mean, you, you mentioned kind of the hype around AI. I, I taught my students the Gartner hype cycle recently, where uh, if you're not familiar, there, for a lot of new technologies, there's a, an initial like kind of wave of enthusiasm, and then there's this trough of disappointment, and then we end up kind of like leveling out where things actually get implemented. Uh, I think we're still riding some of the wave of enthusiasm around AI, where people have really unrealistic expectations. And I think we're, we're pretty soon going to come crashing down where people realize it's not going to be able to do the things immediately that they think it's going to do. Some of the stuff we've talked about in the last half an hour are incremental improvements on things that already can be done. I, I think we want to manage both the the initial hype, the initial enthusiasm, and the coming disappointments because both of those are wrong. Like I think it it's not a magic wand. It's also not like a flash in the pan that's going to go away. And so, like if we can temper both of those feelings and instead focus on like. What are the things that we can do to to kind of create these incremental improvements in the short term so that we can build towards more longer term, larger changes over time? I think that'll tend to serve us better. I, I do worry a little bit when I hear too much hype coming out of companies around AI because I think they're setting themselves up for, for disappointment. There's a lot of small ways that it can make things better right now as we move towards these larger long-term improvements i agree and the good news is though uh, i've seen a lot of gen ai and we've seen all the all the the trends the last two decades colin but gen ai is the one that probably has the most power i've seen in anything but just remember um how can we apply it to make life better for a customer and how can we make it give life better for the person that serves the customer just focus on those two and uh, if they do it properly in that way it can change the world but uh your point you made earlier colin is organizations you have the digital director doing the gen ai project you have the call center director you have the complaints manager it's like no there needs to be a customer service experience leader csx yeah csx is the future 
<laughs> we will definitely get you back on the show to to debate that one, mate. Uh, but I would I would just support what you just said. So for me, the 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 practical pieces are about one is I would encourage people to go back and look in history at what their organisation did when it when they were implementing the web, and ask themselves, are they doing the bloody same? Okay. And the second thing is is that that you should be building your AI to give you an outcome of some description. So what's the outcome now? How do we read it? How do we implement AI, generative AI uh, to get there? And that will take strategy. That will take bringing people together. And whether that's customer experience, customer service experience, I don't care, to be honest with you. I just need somebody to, we, you need someone to coordinate that and think about it. And it's not ju- just about saving costs. I think that's the key. Can it be more? So, Alex, uh, if people want to get hold of you, how do they do that? We'll obviously put all the links in the show notes, but how do they? How do they do that? Uh, LinkedIn, Alex Mead. Um, I think I'm I'm officially an influencer. So, if you look me up, I should be the top of the list. If not, I need to get more irrelevant nonsense spouted daily on LinkedIn to get into the influencer crowd. If not, there's another Alex Mead who might be running into an accident soon. (laughs) (laughs) Alternatively, if you can find me on Facebook, I'm the best Bono impressionist in Bahrain. Wonderful. So we'll put the link in, and and I suggest that you do follow Alex because he does come out with some good stuff. Uh, And as I said to you, I said at the beginning, he makes me think, which is really good. So well done, mate. Um, Okay, Um, we look forward to talking to you all on next week's show. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening to the show today. We really hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, it would be really great if you could leave us a review. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.